Everybody excited? I just love Wednesday nights. Let me tell you why. Because I love learning. I'm not sure about you, but I sometimes I get addicted to certain shows because I like to learn a lot about something. That's why I, I love to watch Shark Week. And I love to watch all those shark things that they have on TV. Because I like to make sure that I know what to expect if I ever encounter a shark. Or, you know, something like that. I always get excited because God has new and exciting things for us. And, you know, what was interesting was in a couple of past weeks, Pastor Charlie talked about preserving the word. It astonishes me because when I first came to Christ, I didn't need evidence. I didn't need proof. I felt it. And I wanted it. And I knew that I needed salvation. And in that time, I got to learn and I got to grow. And the change, the lives that I've seen, that was the proof that I needed. Because it became an intimate relationship, like what Ben spoke on last week. An intimate relationship with God, with our Savior, Jesus. And it I just really astonishes me that the Masonites did preserve the word in such a way that it became like it's relevant to us to this day. And thousands of years later, when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, it was 95% word for word accurate. And why you think, well, what about the 5%? Well, the 5% ruled to be pen marks. You know, when you're writing it's pen marks. Word for word accuracy. And I think to myself, like, how much of respect and responsibility that people took just to preserve the word. And it encouraged, it encouraged me, and I hope it encourages you as well, how important it is to preserve the word today. How important it is to understand it, to, to get to know it in an intimate way. Tonight, we're going to be talking about how we can transform our lives. But before we can do that, we have to transform our mind and the way we think. And one thing about Wednesday nights is that we as this church and as the saints, we get to come and say, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit more responsible for my walk that I need to gain. I need to get equipped so that I can be a better you know, I can, I can be that student of life so that I can always be learning and growing. And it's important for us because that's how we're going to continue to preserve the word. So tonight, go ahead and take out your Bibles, your notebooks, your iPads, your iPods, anything that you're going to write down on, you're going to notice your bulletin is not like our Sundays. Our Sundays is geared towards um, you being fed, of course, and inviting your friends and tonight we get to go that a little bit, so we get that step further. And we're going to say, no, I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to go oh, bring my Bible. I'm going to be more responsible. And so we're going to take notes on what the Lord is going to be speaking to you. So tonight, before we get into the word, let's ask the Holy Spirit to come. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we are so grateful and thankful that you get to, you find us so worthy that thousands of thousands of years ago that you preserved the word and that is still relevant to us today. 
And so, Lord, we ask that you will continue to prepare our hearts as we take responsibility so that we can transform our lives in such a way that your word, your authentic word, will be lived out loud in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so, this past Sunday, Pastor Sheldon shared the cure for fear. Let me just tell you, uh, I, I don't have too many fears there is one thing that I am fearful of, and it's the water, or rather, what's in the water, and so mainly sharks. And like I told you, I'm, I just—it's ridiculous, okay? Because I'm that one person during Shark Week that literally will just sit there and watch it, and my mind is taking mental notes. You ask any one of my friends when we go in the water, I'll tell you, most shark attacks happen in wading waters. You know that sharks are attracted to this, 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 and this. Do you know that murky water, and I'm thinking, for the last two days, it's been headlined, right? Sharks. Boo, I told you. I told you so. If you're going to look like a turtle or a seal, they're coming after you. Okay? So my whole thing is I know 100% guaranteed I will never be bitten by a shark. I can tell you that right now. Because I'm not going to be in the water when they're in the water. But if I ever am, hopefully all the things that my brain has taken in, I can do. You know, punch them in the nose or, or I don't know, I probably will just panic and... Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. (laughs) So anyway, so we decided on Sunday after this great sermon uh, that we were going to go with some friends kayaking. So I figure, you know what? I can't wimp out because my kids are, everybody's into it. I'm like, oh man. So I said, okay, we can do this because I've done it before. It'll be fine. And my husband is with me. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? So we get down there, we're unloading the kayaks, and somebody's phone goes off, and it's Hawaii news. Shark attack, Pohoiki Bay. And I'm like, what? And so already I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not happening. And my husband's like, no, no, come on. We can do it. You can do it. So now I have to give myself the mental pep talk. You know what I mean? You guys have done that, right? I'm like, okay, bunny, you got to man up or woman up. Okay, you better suck it up, okay, because everybody's watching. And I'm thinking, oh, all right, all right, I can do this. So we get in, and everybody starts going, and we're going to Coconut Island, and we're going from Bayfront. Already it's choppy. Sharks like choppy water. (laughs) Then it's kind of brown, they like murky water. So I'm on in the kayak, and the first thing that hits us is a wave. And literally comes over the entire kayak, fills the kayak up with water, and I start to panic. And so my husband starts laughing, and our friend starts laughing. He goes, oh, it's going to drain out. It's going to drain out. And I'm like, <sighs> like, I'm just like, okay, calm down. It's okay. And everything that Pastor Shannon was talking about, I'm like, Lord, how do we remember? How do we remember how to overcome this fear? I can do this. I'm like, it's only Coconut Island. I can do this. So then my husband, we decided, and holy, we're returning. And I'm like, what are you doing? You have to face the waves. If you're facing sideways, the waves are going to hit you. We're going to flip. This is what he tells me. And this is the wrong thing to say to your wife, especially, who is drastically 
afraid of the water. So I'm in the front, and I'm trying not to panic. I'm trying to hold it together. And so I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. I can do this. He, 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 he loves me. He's going to protect me, right? Then I'm thinking about all the different shark attacks. I'm like, oh, he loves them too. Oh, man. So none of that is working. And this is what my husband decides to say. Oh, this crap, not that steady, yeah? He starts rocking the kayak to test it out. He's like, I'm testing out the kayak to see if it's going to flip. I'm like, and that's when it hit me. Fear literally gripped my whole body. My body could not move. I start crying like a little pansy. I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. For real. I'm crying. Tears, sound, everything. And I start booking the kayak back to shore. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. Other friends turn around. They're like, oh. And my friend knows. And she's like, ooh. Holy must have said something. <laughs> he did. He did. He said, not so safe. Huh? And I was thinking, no ways. And you know what? We got close to shore. And my husband, he was like, okay, we're not going to go onto shore. Because I know if we get on shore, we're never going to go back. Which was, which was, you know, true. And so I stayed just close enough for me to calm down. And I, everything blanked out. And I was like, Lord, I, it's for real. I called upon the Holy Spirit. I was like, please, I don't want to be paralyzed anymore. I want to be able to enjoy what I'm doing. I know, I know that there's just, there's all these things programmed into my brain. That's telling me, and my mind, once my mind said, once Holy said, we might flip, my mind said, well, then we ain't going. And my mind controls my body. It amazes me how much power the mind has over our bodies, over our decision-making, everything. Once your mind is made up, it's very difficult to reprogram that. And I sat on that kayak reprogramming. I was like, okay, I can do this. And I started to come against all those shark week details, uh, everything that I consider facts and maybe true. And I was like, I'm not going to be, my life can no longer be dictated by my fear or what I'm so afraid of. And it just, I thought to myself, well, some of you may be thinking too, how does this have to do with the Bible? Well, we say we want transformed lives. We say we want to be used. We say we want to be empowered. We say we want to be different. We want to be uh, changed. But what stops us? Fear. Maybe I'm not going to be accepted or uh, I'm not that smart. I cannot even understand what I'm reading or what will my friends think? And we start allowing our fear to dictate the path our lives are going to take. We're afraid to, to open up the Bible and read something that we don't want to read. We just want that warm, fuzzy feeling. We go to the scriptures that we know and that can comfort us. Because, you know, God is love. But what, what is it about the Bible? There's other things. Like for me in particular, the Old Testament, it gives me warning signs. 
Hey, uh, make sure that this, you don't go down this road. Or learn how to submit to authority. Learn how to love my husband the best way that I can. Looking at other people's examples. Have you ever said, I wish somebody had told me. I wish somebody had told me that this would have happened to me if I had gone this, down this road. Uh, we did. But you don't like listen because your mind is made up. And your mind dictates the direction that your life is going. And we can no longer be paralyzed by fear. At least that kind of fear that stops us from growing. The fear that we're afraid of maybe reading the Old Testament or afraid of reading Revelation. I'm just going to stick to the chapters that I know and the verses that make me feel good. And you know what? It's almost the same thing as us saying, you know what? Do you want Jesus Christ as your your Savior? Yes. I need help. I need to be saved. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want salvation? Okay, well, how about your Lord? Oh, but I like being in control of... I mean, He understands God is love. Yes, He is. But He's also asking you, am I your Lord? Am I, are you willing to say, not just my Savior, but are you willing to take the word and discover exactly what he has in store for you? So a lot of times we hold back because of that. Unless we transform our minds the way we think, we'll never transform our lives your mind has some power. And unless you learn how to reprogram it, you'll stay exactly where you're at. And none of us wants that. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to look at verse 11. I love this verse. Because it's so... Especially for us that are parents, we can kind of really understand it that way. And where we remember when we were kids. This is what it says. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. When we first came to know Christ, we didn't understand a lot. It was maybe that warm and fuzzy feeling. Maybe it was that we were so desperate that we said yes. Maybe we knew that there was something about it. Whatever it was, we couldn't explain. But when we came to Christ, we were babies. And as we grow, and as we grow up, see, like children, they grow and they pick things up quickly. They'll, they'll learn and they'll mature at least that's what we want for, as parents. We, our hope is that they would grow, that they would learn everything that they could possibly learn, and that they would mature. That is exactly what our Heavenly Father wants of us. He doesn't want us to remain in the same spot. He understands how you got here, but now He wants you to grow, learn, mature, and be more responsible of your faith. Taking the word in its entirety, learning, discovering. Because if we just stay the same, then we just stay babies. And 
That's just not natural. It's unnatural for us to stay childlike in that sense. He does not want us to remain the same because when we remain the same and we don't grow, we don't bear fruit. Or worse yet, we bear bad fruit. We don't want to just look the part. We want to be the part. Here's what I'm getting at. As we continue to learn and grow, we are no longer infants. Turn a few chapters to the left and we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 3 verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Ugh. I don't want to ever hear that. I don't want to ever hear that I'm not ready for solid food. I don't want to remain an infant. I don't want to have to, somebody always trying to explain to me, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? We are now growing, getting equipped. And now it's our responsibility as we mature and grow and learn that we take it to the next level. That we take it to the next step. That we aren't going to wait for somebody else to tell me what I have to believe and how I believe and my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's going to be between you and the Father. We have been spending a lot of time talking about the authenticity and history of the Bible. In fact, we must even come to understand that it was the Bible that was preserved for reason and it is still relevant today. We have to learn that we have to feed our minds, body, and soul from the Word. Because unless we transform our minds and the way we think, we'll never transform our lives. We'll stay worldly. And if we stay worldly, and we'll never be given the chance to transform the world around us. It's important for us to not just for our growth, but for the next generation as well. We talked about preserving. You know... For me, in particular, as a parent, thank you, it's really important that I teach my children that the Word is established in their lives in hopes that as they become adults, that they can make decisions based on not just what feels good, but what is good. You know what I'm getting at? That the Word should be preserved in such a way in our lives that it doesn't just look good, but it is good. That we're not just coming, you know, like what Ben said, we just have the Bible, we put the Bible on the shelf. Unless we use it, it's, it does nothing. Tonight, we're going to take a quick look at this video. How do we transform our lives? When we look into the Word, what are we willing to see? What are we willing to read or is it just the warm, fuzzy feelings that we're in for? What are we missing? Easy to miss something when you're not looking for it. The Bible has so much. It is literally the manual for life. You want help with your marriage, your finances, your friendships, healing, gifts, worship, jobs, purpose? It's in the Bible. 
God knew exactly what you needed, what you were going to be looking for. And it astonishes me that people still are in searching for myself. I'm searching for answers. I'm searching for what the purpose of life is. I can take you to the bookstore. It's right there. It's interesting how even we as Christians will just stay in our comfort place. We'll memorize certain scriptures. But man, you forget that the Bible has all the answers. You're just not looking in the right place. You're not seeking the right things. We're missing it. We're missing it. And it's time that we take a little bit more responsibility. And we take initiative and be proactive. So that we can really be authentic followers of Christ. You know, my my boys are football players. They're about, I don't know, eight years apart. One is in college. Thank the Lord. My food bill is going up summertime. I was like, oh, you got to go back. Um, but, you know, they play football. And they're not like girls, although some girls can be like this. But when my boys, pal, when they're finished playing, they are so gross. Like stink. And you can smell them literally as they're walking. I'm like, oh, man, I should have brought somebody else's car, not mine. But if I tell them to go, I'll go, you know what, go bathe, go bathe. If my kids just jumped in the shower, rinsed off, and came up through clothes on, at first I wouldn't be able to tell, but then I would be able to smell them. Eventually I'd be able to smell them. See, if I go out and buy soap, and I say, well, there's the soap, and you don't use it, what good is it? I can be hanging out with my friends. We can even meet about certain brands of soap that are on sale, and we should get it. It smells so good. And I could sit there and say, oh, yeah, I bought that last week. It's so awesome. But I've never used it. I'm just making stuff up. See, the Bible can only be used if you use, It can only be powerful if you use it in its full purpose. You will transform not just your mind. You won't just transform just your life. When you use the Bible in its entirety and for what it's purposed for, you will transform everything around you. Because it's going in, you're applying it, and people will see. Just like when my kids come out of the shower. like, I cannot just... You smell good, but you look good too. You look different. Because we're applying the word. And when you apply the word to your life, you will not just smell good, but you will look good. You're not going to just be making stuff up. You're not going to just be pretending that I'm this way. I'm holy because I know the worship songs. Oh, because I, I go to Bible study. No. You have to apply it. Not for other people, but for you. Because unless we transform our way of thinking and our mind, we will never transform our lives. And now it's time to reprogram the way we're thinking. You want to think like Christ? Get to know Christ. You want to respond like Christ? So see how he responded. You want to see the warning signs? Get into the word. Do you want to find the purpose of your life? It's right there. Apply it to your life and you watch what will happen. Church, listen. You have no idea the power that you will have when you utilize the word the way it was designed to impact your life. You just got to get in it. You got to apply it. You can't just purchase it 
and say, it smells good, it looks good, you have to use it. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 2. This is what it says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world, which means fashioned, adapted to its external superficial customs. That's the world. But be transformed, changed by the renewal of your mind, the way you think, the way you respond, your attitude. It's time that we start to reprogram the way we think. The Bible in its entirety has so much to offer. There's so much still that we have yet to discover. And that's the great part because it is an adventure. And we get to go and embark on this adventure. And we get to learn and grow from it as well. You know, (laughs) a couple of... I've been trying to get into shape. Although I used to say I was in shape. Get fit. And so there's this one thing that my friend does. It's called CrossFit. And for months, months, she would be trying to get me to come. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll just do what I'm good at. I'll just, you know, which was nothing at the time. There were so many things that I was attached to that I started to make excuses for myself. I started to, I was afraid of certain things. So I started making up these these excuses. Well, a couple of, I, I guess last month we had our camp legacy. And Pastor TJ... He came alongside and he said, okay, we're going to do CrossFit. Because they were doing it, you know, when they went off campus, they were doing it. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to. He goes, no, you're doing it. And so we, we took out all the chairs in here. And he said, okay, we're going we're, we're gonna to do this. Now, I went through some stages. Okay, let me just tell you the stages that I went through. The first stage was excuses. I started making excuses. I was in jeans. I didn't have workout clothes. I was like, oh, you know, I got to be here till like 11. I, and he just was like looking at me like, come on. So I was making excuses. So once I got past the excuses, I had to find a way to motivate myself. And so I had this 14-year-old kid kind of like, come on, everybody, you can do it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm motivated. Okay, you guys are going to do it. I'm going to do it. The third stage I went through was I needed encouragement. And so when we did the warm-up, the warm-up alone, I wanted to tap out. I was like, this is not... And for those of you that don't know what CrossFit is, it's an it's a exercise regimen that they say you can go at your own pace, but lie because it's, it will push your body to the max, like to its limit. Well, unless you're... I mean, maybe you're not if you don't think about everybody else around you, but I was like, I, ain't, I, got, I got to keep on going. I kind of quit. I mean, there's kids around me for crying out loud, okay? Then the, le- the next stage that I went through was suffering. Let me just say that again, suffering. Because I worked muscles that I forgot I had. And I, not exaggerating once again, could not stand or sit or walk. And if you saw me on Sunday after Legacy, I was walking. And people even asked me, they're like, what, you okay? I was like, CrossFit. 
That's all I would say. I was like, CrossFit. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And it just so sore. I was so sore. But the last stage was results. Now, I'm not talking just results in one day. But it encouraged me and it gave me the courage to face and continue. I became stronger, which encouraged me to keep going. See, when transforming our minds and our lives, we're going to go through the stages. But when we finally get going, there's no going back. You don't want to go back because it feels so good. It literally felt good. And I was like, okay, when's the next one? When's it? Maybe two weeks later. It was, been, you know, not right after right after, because I was in so much pain. I want us to think about something. We're going to go through these changes. We don't want to be conformed to the world, but we want to be transformed. That's why we're here. We want to be equipped. We want to transform. We want to say, use me, Lord. We want to. We don't want to stay in the same place. We don't want to be called worldly, and we don't want to be infants. We want to learn, grow, and mature so that we can be those authentic followers of Christ. I'm going to read to you something. I want us to just think about it. For thousands of years, Jews and Christians believed and died for believing that the Bible was the inspired word of the Almighty God. Down through the ages, skeptics have challenged, attacked, and ridiculed the Bible. Some have even attempted to destroy scripture and even altered its words. Yet, during these same turbulent centuries, the Bible was carefully preserved and its message spread in remarkable ways. The Bible is surely the most influential book ever written. It has been translated into more languages than any other piece of literature. More than two billion people alive today embrace its teachings. Even so, many do not realize how profoundly the Bible has influenced the course of all Western civilization. Millions do not understand that biblical laws and teachings provided the basis for social values and legal systems throughout the Western world for centuries. Sir Isaac Newton, one of the most brilliant minds of his century, remarked, There is one sure, there are more sure marks of authenticity in the Bible than in any history. Britain's Queen Victoria said that the book, the Bible, accounts for the supremacy of England. U.S. President Andrew Jackson stated, The book, sir, is the rock on which our republic stands. U.S. President George Washington said, It is impossible to govern the world without God and the people and the Bible. Yet, much has changed since these statements were made. Today, Bibles can be found in all corners of the earth, but in Western nations founded on biblical principles, there has been a deep, steep decline in respect. For the Bible. It seems that people just believe that the Bible is just another book, that its teachings are outdated and irrelevant to modern lives. Many seriously doubt that God inspired scripture. Millions who live in nations that once learned to read from the Bible and sent Bible-toting missionaries around the world cannot even name the books in the Bible or explain basic biblical doctrines. Surveys done in recent decades show that even many professing Christians have little real knowledge of the Bible. Coinage on the U.S. proclaims, in God we trust. Yet legislation and judicial decisions have made it illegal to the U.S. to display the Ten Commandments in public buildings. And for many states, students are not allowed to pray in school. 
Is the Bible just a collection of myths and legends, or is it the inspired Word of God? Many assume that modern scholarship has discredited the Bible, but the facts of history and the discoveries of archaeology confirm its contents to be true. The Bible recounts the past with, a, past with amazing accuracy, and it predicts the future like no other book. Most of the world has been misled and misinformed about the Bible. You need to understand the truth and how it can affect your life. See, discovering the truth about the Bible could prove to be one of the most important and exciting adventures you will ever embark on. Can I welcome and ask the worship team to come up? You can go ahead and close your Bibles. I'm going to read to you the scripture that we've been going through as we've been learning about the authenticity in history. And it comes from 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful teaching teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The Bible has all the answers because it is the inspired Word of God. He is the author and creator. He is the beginning and the last, the Alpha and Omega. We've become worldly, that we can't grow because we're not attached to the Word. Some of us only want to read the scriptures that feel good. Let me encourage you tonight. One, let's stop making excuses. Two, get motivated. Find something that will motivate you to get into the Word so that you're not just letting it sit and be useless, but you're going to let it, you're going to apply it, and it will be made useful. Three, encourage one another. Come alongside of each other and keep each other accountable. Cheer each other on. Four, might hurt. Maybe for some of us, might hurt a lot. Push through it because change isn't always easy. Five, you will see the difference and so will everyone else. Because you're not going to just look the part, you're going to be the part. You will bear good fruit. Because unless we transform our minds and the way we think, we'll never transform our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. You have promised us that your word will instruct us and that the way that you want us to go, we don't want to be merely wanderers of this world, but rather the people who learn and grow from your word, which has been carefully preserved. We want to turn to you and your instruction instead of turning to the world. Your word is truth, and on that truth, we want to establish our lives, our minds, and our hearts. Strengthen us and make us more aware of the things you want us to seek out. We want to be transformed, and it starts with us. We want to transform this world. It starts with us. We want to transform our lives. Lord, we ask that you will start to reprogram our minds so that we are no longer dictated by our fear, but we are given freedom that your word provides, strength that your word provides, lessons that your word provides. 
We want to be people that seek you daily. And we never stop because we don't want to stop learning. We don't want to stop growing because we want to be true, authentic followers of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand?